In the words of a king, there is power. And as we behold him with unveiled faces, we're transformed into the very image of God. Welcome to the teaching ministry of Dr. K. Idrisheson, brought to you by Kingswood Ministries International. We believe that as you listen, faith is stirred up in you to become all that God has called you to be. It's rain. Somebody shout, it's rain. It's rain. Everywhere. Everywhere. Say it again. Say, it's rain. Everywhere. You know, the Lord began to deal with me yesterday on what to speak to you today. And I had these two words, gratitude maintenance. You know, I've been privileged to travel to several nations in Africa, in Europe, in North America, probably South America and Australia area is the only part I've not covered. And, you know, flying from one nation to another, you can pick up nations that have maintenance culture and nations without what? Maintenance culture. You will see amazing infrastructures that was once put together a couple of years ago, now deteriorated simply because the nation has no what? Maintenance culture. In fact, I've come to realize that no matter the amount of resources you devote to, you know, putting infrastructure in place without an appropriate maintenance culture. Guess what? Everything you have done and you are doing will go to waste. Because it takes an appropriate maintenance culture to keep your infrastructure relevant. And this morning, I want to bring a message to you not on how to <laughs> maintain infrastructure in the natural but there's something which is a divine technology. It's also a divine protocol. And is a major part of your Christian living. In fact, the Bible makes me to realize in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18, that it is the will of God. So if you are not sure about the will of God, when, once you get engaged in it, you are already in the will of God. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, in everything. Now, turn to your neighbor and say, in everything. everything. Oh, it didn't say some things. It didn't say most things. It didn't say majority of things, but rather everything. Somebody shout everything. everything. Come on, shout it one more time. Say everything. everything. I don't know what I'm talking to this morning. You don't feel like it. It has nothing to do with your emotions. It has nothing to do with what has happened, what is happening, or what will happen. But it has everything to do with what the will of God is. He says, in everything, give thanks. Give thanks. So this morning, I'm going to be talking about gratitude maintenance. Because apparently, as believers, it's our responsibility to develop a culture of how to maintain gratitude. Because we live in a world that if you are not intentional about gratitude, ladies and gentlemen, you will lose that attitude. Literally. We're living in a world that there will be tribulations, there will be challenges, there will be things you like and things you don't like. The very, a very moment, the one, this moment, a very moment, somebody saying, oh, this is the best thing that happened to me, talking about his spouse or her spouse. A few years down the line, say, I regret the day I met her. How, how on earth can I be married to this thing? 
He has ruined my life. She has ruined my life. So you live in a world that is constantly changing. And you have emotions that is always varied. Hello, somebody. The same child you are so excited about today does something tomorrow and you are like, oh my God, how did I meet this child? This thing happened to me and impacted my life. Look at me, I'm a mess. So I wish I can promise you that there will not be ups and downs in this world, but I will be lying. Because Jesus himself said, in this world you will have tribulations. Don't you remember say, Jesus, Jesus. promise you Okay, maybe it's not a promise. It's not a promise. It's not like he's the one behind tribulations. But he, 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 he helped you to create, to, to, not, not to be disappointed when tribulations happen because he says, it's what comes with this world. Somebody says, why do we have to deal with tribulations? Because we are dealing with a falling world. The mere fact that Jesus shed his blood does not mean your world has been redeemed. You are redeemed, but your environment has not been redeemed. Write it down. Your environment is not yet redeemed. So don't be surprised when there are messes to deal with in your world. Because you live in a world that is not yet redeemed. In fact, the Bible says in Romans chapter 8, it said the honest expectation of the old creature is waiting for the manifestations of the sons of God. That is how messed up your world is. Some people think it has to do with underdeveloped world. They even know who gave them the right to categorize some world that's underdeveloped and someone has developing and someone has not developing. But even in developed world, mess happened. Just a few days ago, there was demonstration all over France. A boy was killed. And some people think it's an American problem. <laughs> that's not for that day. It's happening in Europe, it's happening in Asia. There are demons everywhere. I've been, there have been times I sat down and I, I, I just thought and meditated on the character called Putin. That how can somebody be like this? But you'll be shocked if you have a seat with him one-on-one, -on -one, you will realize that the guy is literally convinced he's doing the right thing. Is that messed up? We have characters in our world. We have sadists in our world. We have narcissists in our world. We have demonized people. In fact, some, some of them, they have, so much, they have so much upgraded and, you know, graduated in their demonic expression and activity that they are almost on the same level with the devil. That if the devil has them in some space, he doesn't need to manifest again. He has enough representation. I know some of you have encountered some of them at your workplace and you're like, is this a person? You are searching for humanity in him. You can't even find it. Because it's, it's more like 100% devil. They are characters like that. That is the reality. Now, don't you remember say that is the reality? But I've come this morning to let you know that you don't have allow, you don't have to allow that to become your reality. And one of the ways to ensure that you are sane in this world is to develop the culture of gratitude. Gratitude is not what we do for Sunday of the month. Tragedy is not what we do when the, uh, the music team comes up or when you wake up in the morning and having your quiet or not so quiet time. Are you listening to me? Yes, Gratitude ought to be a lifestyle. Gratitude ought to be a part of your life. And if you don't have this culture of gratitude, you will not be able to make the most of what God has for you in your season. So I call this 
gratitude maintainers. How to maintain gratitude in a world that is not stable. Is somebody listening to me? You know, there was a time I had to advise myself to stop listening to 9 o'clock news. I'm not if you watch 9 or 10 p.m. news. It's like all the bad news. They compress it together and they give it to you in 10 minutes. Pa, 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 pa. Somebody got shot on the south side. Somebody got bearded on the west side. I'm like, how can I listen to this and go and sleep? And you are, you are surprised somebody is chasing you in your dream. They wait. <laughs> I mean, it's like all day. So nothing good happened. So your world is unstable. There's ups, ups and downs in your world. There's nothing in this system that can be trusted apart from God. So the question is, how do I maintain the attitude of gratitude in this messed up world, in this corrupt world, in this you know, fluctuating world? Somebody is promising you a job today and the next day is firing you. Nothing unreliable. But still, the Bible says, in everything, give thanks. So it's not a suggestion. It's a commandment. In fact, it says, it's the will of God. If you are not doing it, you are out of the will of God. The moment that gratitude is not flowing out of your heart, you are out of the will of God. Technically, you are in sin. Oh my God, should I say it again? Once you cannot express gratitude, you are in what? Sin. Now turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, stop sinning. Tell three people around you, stop sinning, stop sinning, stop sinning, stop sinning. The next time you want to complain, remember, you can't afford to sin. Complaining, grumbling. He's sin, don't sin. It displeases God when you are not grateful. So this morning, I want to help you on how to develop that culture of gratitude and how to maintain it. So I call it gratitude maintenance. Because if you don't understand Gratitude maintenance, you will be grateful this moment and you will be ungrateful for the rest of the day. Somebody shout it one more time, say gratitude maintenance. 2 Timothy chapter 3 from verse 1. Gratitude maintenance, hopefully in the next 20 minutes or 20 hours I will be done. Okay, look at it. He said, but know this. Now, turn to your neighbor say know this. So for you not to know this, you are ignorant. He said, know this, that in the last days. Now, the question is, are we in the last days? Come on, talk to me. Are, you, are we in the last days? When the last day, in fact, we're in the last of the last days. Know this. Know this. You know, there are things that have been discussed, that conversation have been had around in our days that 40 years ago, there was no way I could have imagined it. But it has gotten deteriorated. Know this in the last days. Perilous times will come. Now, that word perilous simply means hard to deal with. Difficult times. Difficult times will come. He said, For men will be lovers of themselves. Hey. Hey. Zakulo Shodobrolo Kuakata. And that's why I get, I get concerned with some of these self love message. Because you are literally fulfilling prophecy. Now, don't get me wrong. I, I strongly believe you should be confident in what God has given you. But there's a way you can preach it over the top. 
So love yourself, love yourself, love yourself. Don't love anybody, just love yourself. It simply means men will be selfish. They will be self-centered. They will be self-focused. They will think everything is about them. Don't you never say, neighbor, neighbor. the agenda of God is bigger than you. So if you are going to practice self-love, practice self-love in the context of the scripture. What is the context? You ask, in other words, you love yourself so that you can love others. Hmm, that's the context of the scripture. So if your self-love is to help you love others, because you can only love others to the extent to which you have loved yourself. Your self-love is scriptural. But if your, if your just self-love is all over the place, self-love, 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 you are fulfilling scripture. Talk to your neighbor, say, neighbor, I will not fulfill negative prophecy in my generation. In fact, it's a prayer point. It's not a prayer point I'm going to take you through this week. I will not fulfill what? Negative prophecy. Men will be lovers of themselves. He went on to say, he said, lovers of money. Hey, shaka tosoba. There are people that are not in this service because of that today. They love money. Then he went on to say, he said, they will be boasters. Hey, satobo kuakataya. Then he went on to say, they will be proud, full of themselves. Then he went on to say, he said, they will be what? blasphemous. Hey! Then he went to say, he said they will be disobedient to parents. Listen, for every of these things mentioned, there is a spirit attached to it. Write it down. These things are not just naturally aided, they are demonic, demon, demonically aided. So loving yourself over the top, there's a devil behind it. There's a department in hell and there's a chief of staff that ensures he runs. Boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents. Then he went on to say, unthankful. Hey. And that's where I'm going this morning. Unthankful. Like I said earlier on, I've never encountered a generation that is more entitled than this present generation. Oh, no, no, no. They didn't give anything to me. I took it. A generation that is so quickly, so quick to, dis, to, to, to dismiss gratitude. You know, we were brought up to say thank you. Come on, any, anybody here who is mama or is, who's, who's mama raised to say thank you? Come on, if your mama raised you well, will you raise up your hands? And even if, if your mama did not raise you well, it's time to erase yourself so that you will not be erased. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, 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 hey. So even if you are not raised well, what do you do? You re-raise yourself so that you will not be what? Erased. Because some people are so quick to blame everybody for their misbehavior. It's the way I was raised. Then re-raise yourself so that you will not fulfill negative prophecy. Unthankful, literally, entitled. Not only they don't appreciate God, they don't appreciate people. No, no, you didn't do anything for me. I took it. Unthankful. So this morning, I just want to share three, three things with you. I call them essentials keys, essential keys to gratitude lifestyle. Number one, revelation of God's goodness, revelation of God's goodness, rather than just doing Christianity traditionally. I'm a Christian, but you don't know that God 
is inherently good. Mala, like he can't help it. He's good. Makasotaba is inherently good. Is inherently good. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 4 says, For God who is rich in mercy, is that good? Is that good that his, his wealth is not by any currency, but mercy and grace? Is inherently good. You know, religion has taught many people to see God from a judgmental point of view. He's a, a no-nonsense God. Why came this morning to present a God that is primarily a father? He said, if your earthly father know how to give good gifts to, to, to their children, to, how much more your heavenly father? There's something about knowing that God is good and the goodness of God, the revelation of it overwhelms you, fills your soul, that irrespective of what is going on around you, you cannot be displaced from that place of reality that God is too good for me not to be grateful. Somebody shout, God is good! James chapter 1 verse 17 says, Every good and every perfect gift is from above and it comes from him with whom there is no shadow of turning and no variation. It does not fluctuate. It's not good today and bad tomorrow. God is not moody. Write it down. He's not moody. He does not wake up on the wrong side of the bed. He does not even wake up because he does not sleep. He's constantly good. There's no variation to his goodness. He's good today. He's good yesterday. He will be good forever. Irrespective of what you are dealing with, God is still good. So stop judging God by what you are dealing with. Stop judging God by your experience. Judge God by his nature. First John chapter 4 says, God is love. He does not just do love. He is love. The reason why he loves is because he's love. Is good, is kind. You are good. You are kind. You are more than this. Lost for what? Elohim, Elion, Alechelewi. Listen. Yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> Choir members, you got the point. Can you shout it? Stand up and shout it seven times. God is good. Don't allow your present experience to change your perspective of God. I was talking to Dunsi shortly after his wife passed and he said, God told me to sing. Can you imagine he was lowering the body of his wife and he was with his bass guitar and he was playing, I mean box guitar and he was playing. Who does that? Emotions is saying something else but revelation is saying I'm still good. And that's what it takes to recover. 
Write it down. So sit down. That's what. Sit down. That is what it takes to recover. Don't allow your emotion or the spirit of grief to take you over when there's a loss. Quickly switch back to revelation. God is good. I don't define God by what has happened to me. I define God by my revelation of his goodness. In fact, I don't need anything to happen to be convinced he's good. It's not what he does that makes him good. It's who he is. God is good. The reason why we have a generation of fluctuating Christians is they don't have a revelation of the goodness of God. Somebody is waiting for a testimony to confirm his goodness. God, if you do this, I will proclaim you before the whole world. That is a low level. You don't need something to happen to be sure it's good. The word says it. First Chronicles chapter 16, verse 34. Even in the old covenant, if there was anything the Israel of old knew, they knew about his goodness. For you are good and your mercies endures forever. Can you imagine? You are surrounded by armies of three powerful nations that you know are more, in fact, one of them is more powerful than you. And what you have are singers leading your battle. You are good and your mercies endures forever. Hallelujah. We're still going to praise God. You are good. That's the way you're going to do the second half. You are good. And your mercies endures forever. Hallelujah. I'm not waiting for something to happen to praise him. I know he is good. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. No, we're not even talking about he does good. He is good. And his mercy endures forever. Shout it one more time. He is good. He's good. He is good. I know God is inherently good. So I don't associate him with evil. In fact, when I see something funny happening, I start thinking about his goodness. Because I know he cannot be responsible. He's too good to cause evil. Every good and perfect gift is from him. Somebody shout, he's good. good. Come on, scream one more time. Say, he's good. good. Two, I'm giving you three Essentials of gratitude maintenance. Two, be intentional about not forgetting benefits you have received. You want to maintain a culture of gratitude. Become intentional about what he has done for you. You know, there's a generation that moves past. Oh God, you did it. Thank you. Now, what about the next thing? We quickly move to the next prayer point. Lord, I have a bunch of things I'm believing God for. What about talking about the things he has done already? Psalm 103 verse 2. We're going to stand up and read it together. Psalm 103 verse 2 all the way to verse 5. Get on your feet. Get on your feet. One of the keys to having the better half of 2023 is acknowledging the goodness of God. Being intentional about what he has done. Don't move. Don't move. Don't move. Don't, don't, don't move. Don't move on too quickly. Now turn to you and say, neighbor, neighbor. This, half. this half, don't move on too quickly. God is too good. Somebody shout and say, God is good. good. God is good. Now, Rosemary, come here. Rosemary, come here. Come here. I'm just letting you do this. Before, before I travel to 
on mission. She came to me, was it two Sundays before? And she said, Pastor, I, I was laid off. And it pained me because we were still talking about that job a few weeks ago and it felt good. And he said, some things came up and I was laid off. And I lay, oh my God. I was in Nigeria, I was thinking about her, I was praying for her. But guess what? Um, those of you that were on the prayer, did you, did you fast last week? Did you fast? Okay, if you fast you, and you join the prayer, the prophetic meeting, you remember on Thursday I said there's a recovery coming. There's some of you that they said no to, they will say yes to. On Friday, she sent a message to me, under 24 hours, they called her back from her office. Listen, as a church, we can't move on from such things too quickly. As a person, you don't move on. That is not normal. The same set of people that say, you know what, we don't want you again because of some, some allegations. Now pick up the phone without you lobbying for it. I say, you know what, we're sorry. Can you come back? I, now, when things like that happen, what do you do? You celebrate it. Now, I just shared Rosemary's testimony with you. What is your own testimony? What did it do for you in the first half of 2023? Hey, don't move on. Now, listen, just yesterday, I remembered something nearly happened a few weeks ago. Before I traveled, there was a day, if you know my house, you see that the, drive, the driveway is sloppy. As I was driving the Tesla into the garage, for some reason, my foot slipped from the brake to the accelerator. And, you know, everything happens in a second. But to the glory of God, just before I will hit the wall, the brake, and you know, I slipped it back to the brake and it stopped right there. As I was driving into the garage, I remembered it. I said, wow, he's good. Lift up your two hands and shout, God is good! Come on, scream it again. Say, God is good! God is good. He has done me well, oh my soul. We hope you've been richly blessed by this teaching from Kingswood Ministries International. Feel free to visit our website at kingswood.org for more inspiring teachings by Dr. K. Ijishasong. There you'd also find other helpful materials and further information about this ministry. God bless you richly.